quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I am Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories how, about how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season two, episode 20, Reunited. Aaron, including this, we only have three more episodes of season two. I know. We're so close to season we're three. We're so close to season three. <laughs> I cannot wait. Okay. Um, this was written by Greg Berlanti. I know. And directed by Melanie Mayron. Yay, ladies. Um, mm-hmm. She also directed episodes of 30-something, The Fosters, Jane mm. the Virgin, and many, many more. Um cool. This episode originally aired on May 12th, 1999. Um, Okay, the description from Wikipedia. It's a long one. I feel like these are just like getting longer and longer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Dawson decides to take Joey out to dinner to celebrate their first month together. Again. Together again. Um, That wasn't there. That was my editorializing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Mitch Leary also makes reservations at the same restaurant. And when the management fails to realize there are two Leary parties, all four are forced to sit together. Miss Kennedy, Dawson and Joey fight, causing Miss Kennedy to leave. Later, Jen, who is now living at the Leary house, arrives with Gail, which inspires a plan to get Gail and Mitch back together again. Also reunited are Andy and her deceased brother. Wow. Wow. That was, I mean, way to follow a thread, uh, Wikipedia author. Um, Uh, We have to edit these. We do. They're using the wrong miss. It's... There's a lot wrong. <laughs> yeah. I re- I've been thinking about the campaign trail of tears and I want to delete that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got, I mean, that's shocking. Um, Pacey and Jack catch on that she thinks that she thinks he is with her, but it is just a figment of her imagination. After a showdown with Andy, <laughs> Jack and Pacey engineer a plan to aid her medical recovery. I mean, that's, there's In- a lot of engineer. That. <laughs> that's showdown that's a lot that's a lot all right all right so um the hit my history's mysteries on may 8th 1999 uh nancy mace is the first female cadet to graduate from the military college of south carolina Hmm. 1999 um yeah on may 12th 1999 david Steele becomes the first presiding officer or speaker of the modern scottish parliament so there you go. Um, hmm. The number one movie in the country is The Mummy, uh, starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And Rachel Weiss. And Rachel Weiss, yeah. And the number one song, girl, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm excited. Is Ricky it Martin's Living oh. the <laughs> Damn. Damn. Living La Vida after Angel of Mine and all those songs. It wow. goes Angel of Mine, Believe. Yeah. Uh, no scrubs, no scrubs. Live in La Vida Loca. Yeah, this is when there's like the Latin explosion. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, uh, Live in La Vida Loca was number one for five weeks. Oh my God. So, wow. I, rem- I distinctly remember when he was on the Today Show, like what a big deal that was. Oh. Because my mom used to watch the, or she still does, watch the Today Show every morning. Uh-huh. And so it was on. I don't like that song. That wasn't my jam. No, I, eh, it's fucking catchy. 
It's fucking catchy. Well, yes, that's probably why I don't like it. <laughs> it's probably like, going to be stuck in my head at the end of this, you know, episode. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, okay, Aaron, we're going to open up in Dawson's room. Yeah, and all the kids are there. Woo-hoo! And we hear the, we hear all six of them. I know. We hear the music of St. Elmo's Fire. The, yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. last little chords of that song. Mm-hmm. And everyone, Jack, Joey, Dawson, Jen, Andy, and Pacey are all on Dawson's bed or on chairs in his room watching uh, St. Elmo's Fire. It's amazing. It's like, finally, they're all hanging out. Yeah. And Dawson's like, isn't it funny that we're all in the same room at the same time? And Jack's kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, considering where we started this year, it is kind of funny that we ended up friends. And, and Jen's like, are Andy's, we all friends? No, Andy says, <laughs> oh. yeah, like St. Elmo's. And right. this is the rabbit hole and a half that I went down. Oh. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> are you ready? Because I, am. I had a lot of emails to answer. And when I have sort of mind-numbing work to do, uh-huh. sometimes I, um, I will put on a movie because it helps right. focus me. Yeah. Um, so I was like... I haven't seen St. Almost Fire in a really long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I put it on. <laughs> have you I watched love that movie. have you watched that movie recently? Like in the past five years? <laughs> yes, but it's I don't know. Shocking, Aaron. Every single <laughs> Judd one of Nelson's a piece of shit. Uh Judd Nelson's a piece of shit. Emilio Estevez is a piece a of shit. Piece of shit. Uh Rob Lowe is a fucking is sketchy a motherfucker. Why haven't we canceled him? Uh, God, he fucked his babysitter when she was 14. Yes. Um, um every man in that movie is an absolute nightmare. And like yeah. every woman in the movie is like it's one of those movies where where like the women are kind of void of personalities, except for the fact that they're like a little bit of assholes and they're kind and they're really messy. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, not in an interesting way. Just, like, in a way that's, like, they're all messy and void of personalities. Yeah, but they're all yuppies, which that is boomers. Yeah. I, true, but, like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was shocked. Like, the Emilio Estevez storyline is, like, legitimate criminal activity. I know. He, like, stalks Andy McDowell. I know. I know. It's super it's fucked up. It's insane. And then we're all supposed to, like, be endeared to, like, Rob Lowe and Mayor Cunningham and, like... Mayor Winningham. That. Sorry, yeah. And um, it's oh. so fucking disturbing. Okay, so this is part two of my rabbit holes. My rabbit hole does not end at St. Elmo's. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to live in this brain. I'm so sorry to tell you. Um. So I remembered that in the there's a movie that came out in the year 2000 called The Broken Hearts Club. I, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty uh, sure Greg you've seen Berlanti. it. Yeah, yeah, Greg Berlanti, right? Yeah. So it's about all these gay friends, gay male friends that like live in West Hollywood, and they like one of the things that they do in this movie is they they like take movies and they're like assign each of them characters so they'll be like like steel magnolias they'll be like oh you're the sally field or you're the whatever you're the julia roberts and then i remembered that they do it with saint elmo's oh hilarious in that movie so yeah so one of the people in the movie which i did not remember is billy porter 
Oh, oh, interesting. And he's the one who claims I get to be Mayor Winningham <laughs> in the St. Elmo's section of the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, that is definitely. So I watched I rewatched that movie, which is a gem. And yeah. I learned that Greg Berlanti wrote and directed it. So I was like, hey, yeah. all this is all like full circle all the way yeah, back to yeah, Dawson's yeah. Creek. Yeah. So um, so that that was my rabbit hole that I fell down uh, <laughs> earlier this week. And also two movies for our listeners to watch. I know since you're, I mean, guys, you're welcome. You're welcome. You guys (laughs) like, please tweet at us and or email us and tell me how insane St. Elmo's fire is. Cause I like, (laughs) I like had a real moment with it. (laughs) Um, I used to have my dining room was inspired by uh, Demi Moore's. Uh, Remember when I had the pink dining room? Yeah. 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 It was inspired by Demi Moore's. Oh, yeah. Her apartment is all pink. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I love that. Um, the white sheer curtains. Yeah. 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 I know. Uh, yeah, that was a good li- that was a good dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so back to this, the show. Andy says like St. Elmo's and Joey's like, yeah, St. Elmo's from hell. And I'm like, <laughs> did you all watch St. Elmo's? Because I think St. <laughs> Elmo's actually is in hell. So... <laughs> Well, also Jen's like whatever. She to acts like she doesn't know Brat Pack movies. That's like one of the most quintessential Brat Pack movies. But I know. she's becoming a film nerd, you know. She so. is. She is. And and you know D- Dawson's like tells Joey she's being cynical, and then Jen sort of comes to Joey's defense, and is like, you know, we're all kind of tolerating each other, but we're a long way from nine hundred two and O lands of best friends forever. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like we're misreading nine hundred two and O. I know. Yes, yes, yes. That was a hell of frenemies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. People were always fighting on that show. So Pacey then is like, gets up and is like, you know, we've all been like hanging around a lot. And like, have you guys all stopped to consider that? Like, we just Maybe like, we're a click. We need to be a click. We, people <laughs> need that kind of shit. And uh, everyone then is like, Eh, don't love that (laughs) (laughs) i don't get it they're all like appalled by it and you're like well who cares what's wrong with having friends in high school yeah i i agree with you what's wrong with having friends but i also agree with you that if someone had called me and my friends a click like i would have been very unhappy about that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so yeah um so then and we also find out jen's living there yes we do Uh, yeah jen yes because Dawson says, I invited Pacey, and it kind of, we hear that snowballed from like there. And, dominance, yeah, yeah. And Jen's like, well, I live here now. Yeah. And, like, Joey doesn't seem to have a problem with that. So, like, dare, oh, yeah. That's dare really I say good. progress. Yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> and then Pacey says, face it, guys, we are this close to the beach pit. <laughs> the jazz club <laughs> the, j- the jazz club is the beach pit <laughs> they've been to the beach pit um and then they all start hitting each other with pillows absurdly they have a pillow fight and feathers fly everywhere has this ever happened in real life never not once <laughs> listeners and, please email us if you've actually had a pillow fight where feathers fly everywhere with five of your closest friends thank yeah, you dawsonscritique at gmail.com <laughs> Aaron's running an informal study. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I just remember in 1999 thinking that this was like such a fun opening. And like, it is so cheesy to me now in 2020. It's so stupid. I mean, it's fun because they're all hanging out and like 
I love that. We barely see that, you right, know. Right. And but yeah, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> For a show that revolves around six main characters, they are almost never on screen altogether. I know. And it, Dawson's always like that. Like, isn't it weird we're all hanging out? Like it's like he legit doesn't think these people are his friends. Right. <laughs> so um we go to the credits and then we go to school where the tone of the episode has made a 180 entirely. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. okay. I was like, oh, it's this episode. Oh, fuck. Okay. I know. I, I did, uh, too. I was like, wait, that's the opening to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, and the McPhees are walking together, you know, yeah. in the quad, and, and Pacey walks up to them, and Andy has dyed her hair like a dark brown. Yeah. She's a brunette and now. Pacey's like, oh. oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And Andy does not take that well. No, she does not. She fucking lashes out at him. She's in a bad mood. She's super anxious, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and Pacey's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm just like noticing a difference. That's all. Yeah, like I just said it was different. It's not bad. You know, I like it. And he's like, and he kind of like tries to change the subject and goes, you know, like, let's go to dinner tonight. Like a movie, nice romantic stroll by the pier. Like, yeah, we'll have a Friday date night. night. Yeah. yeah. And Andy like spins. She was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to study for finals. And like, I have so much stuff to do. Like, I, I can't do that. I got to take care of mom, which like, okay, yeah. so the mom is still there, even though we haven't seen her in right. God knows how many episodes. Right. Um, and spoiler, we will never see her again. Um, but... Uh, and then Pacey's like, come on, it's Friday. Like, you have all weekend to study. Like, yeah. come on, you know? And she kind of makes a dig at him. Yeah, she's, she's pretty edgy. Like, yeah. she's like, you you can take tonight off, but I'm going to study. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. And then she, like, she kind of starts yelling. She's, like, freaking out because she has the wrong book for pre-calc. Uh, and like she's just high strung as fuck and like no it's a very scary <laughs> yeah yeah she's not doing great so yeah. she leaves and pacey kind of looks like looks at jack like the fuck is happening yeah <laughs> like dear god yeah. please tell me also it's a little bit like she you see this too like, yeah 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 you know. like that was that was not great right yeah and jack so goes Oh. Well, Jack's kind of like, it's the hair. She did it herself. She's extra right. sensitive. Like, you know, whatever. And Paisley's kind of like, well, ain't love grand. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then we yeah. go to the to Andy at her locker. Yeah. And she's like trying to replace her book that she was sketched out about yeah. not having. And then she sees some rando hot, hottie staring at her and she smiles. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like they're exchanging glances and you don't really know what's happening because she's like at first she's kind of like smiley and then she's almost teary about like she gets almost teary mm -hmm. and then she sort of walks towards him. Yeah. So and then we cut and we go to outside again. Yeah. And then Joey comes up behind Dawson and she yeah. sort of kisses him and asks what the plan for tonight is while wearing carpenter jeans. Um, <laughs> and Dawson's like, moving out at my house. Yeah. And Joey's just hella annoyed that they're just like super boring. She's like, uh, we've had a movie night the past four weeks on Friday night. Um, don't you think we should like celebrate the one month anniversary of whatever we are <laughs> or what we're doing? <laughs> 
And so, Aaron, what I learned from this is that not only were the three sentences that they spoke in the last episode the only three sentences that they have talked about this relationship. It's so fucked up. But also that this has been going on for a month now. now. Yeah. And they've just like, again, I I just don't understand. The writers always like they talk about everything until they're blue in the face and they haven't really like... You know, said define two fucking what words they to are. each other. Like, you know, yeah. and they're like oh, kind of okay with that. And But now they still want to celebrate like their one month anniversary of like them kissing on the dance floor for the first time. Or whatever. And it's also like an interesting turn because like we didn't see Joey being like that when they actually were dating. Right. Right. I guess it was kind of the same. They never had a conversation about like, you're my girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. So, well, Dawson's kind of like, or Dawson's like, we let's rent a movie. And Joey's like, we've done that every night for the past four weeks. Yeah. And then Dawson's like, well, you know, I try to make our evenings as spontaneous as possible. And and Joey's just kind of like, we've been friends for so long that I don't think we can be spontaneous. Like, well, we know Dawson can't be spontaneous. Like, he, right. Jen was trying to teach him spontaneity, you know? Yeah. And also, like, we can mostly assume that Joey has a hard time with spontaneity. Like she has a lot of fear about making impulsive decisions, you know? Right. So that's just like really not in their, their character to be spontaneous. However, I personally would argue that having a date night, like not staying in movie night, that's not spontaneous. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but Dawson does say, like, I actually made a reservation. Yeah. I, like, called and I, you know, I called this nice restaurant and I made a reservation. So, like, I was trying to be spontaneous. I was trying to surprise you. It was supposed to be a surprise. Um, and then he says, uh, it was going to be a surprise until you got all persnickety on me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that we should take a shot every time they say persnickety in this episode, but then I realized we would be so drunk by the end of it that we wouldn't (laughs) be able to talk. So I shot that idea down. Please, if you're going to play that drinking game, shots of beer. Yeah. And or sips of wine. Don't. This is we're not into hurting oneself. Um. So I want I'd like to define for you the word persnickety, Aaron, because I looked it up because I was like, yeah. I don't think they're using that word I don't right. Think so either. They're not. Um yeah. so <laughs> according to Merriam Webster, uh, persnickety means fussy about small details or fastidious. Hmm. Um, I feel like what Dawson is implying is that Joey is being kind of bitchy. Like, not in a not he's not being mean saying that, yeah. but like that's but that's kind of, I think, the way persnickety sounds. Yeah, I know, definitely. I mean, he, they're definitely using this word where, like, most of the viewers at the time didn't know what it meant. So they just, like, take context, context clues, you know? Right. And so we're supposed to be like, oh, Joey's being uppity that she wants to celebrate her one-month anniversary, right. you know? Right. And um, and it, it's like, I you get, I don't know, it's weird. Because you get the, like, yeah, that's the way she's tabling it. Like, the, it's like, oh, let's celebrate our one-month anniversary. But it's more like, hey, we've been doing this for a month and we haven't even gone on one date. Right. We've been, like, sitting in <laughs> your room. We've been doing movie nights, which we've done for, like, our whole life. Right. You know? Right. And so. so like, let's do something else. Like, let's actually be a couple, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, she's stoked that he's done the bare minimum of planning a date. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I don't know what more she wants, Aaron. <laughs> um, and uh, she says, I didn't get persnickety. And then he says, she's a cute persnickety. And then she says, I was persnickety. So you'll see where my uh, yeah, my yeah. shot doing idea was a bad bad plan. We'd already be wasted right now. I mean, I'm on the ground already. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this from the floor. Um, okay. So so we cut to Jen at the Leary uh-huh. back porch and she's staring at Grams's house. It's really sad. Yeah, you is. know, it like is. she just has like a, a longing in her face. Mm-hmm. And Gail comes up to her and like, you know, it's kind of to like our point about, you know, chosen family last step or in the past couple of episodes yeah. is like Gail is really good at being a mother figure. You know, yeah. she is a mother figure to like, you know, Joey and, and Pacey to a certain extent and now to Jen. And so Gail comes up to her and is like, you know, you should just call her. Or you should call Grams. And yeah. And Jen's like, I mean, what would we even say? Like, why? You know, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what we would say to each other. Um, it's like Jen's like some people just aren't meant to be in your life. Well, and she's also like, you know, I'll call. Maybe I'll go back. I'll move back in. But like, really, where is that going to lead us? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be in the same situation. That yeah. was like unsustainable. Right. And and she's just kind of like. You know, some, yeah, like you said, there are some people that don't fit into your life no matter how much you want them to be. And I was like, that's like really such an adult thing to say. And like, yeah, also like it sucks so hard that that is the truth of the matter. No, it's a really important life lesson you learn as an adult about your parents, you know, that like there like are some times where you just can't do it you know or like that you need you know you can't imagine it right Um, right and i think it's like my boyfriend's mom is really racist and he's just like i i can't do it you know (laughs) Um, no i know and you know i i mean yeah I, i i obviously can't relate totally to that um I, my mom and i have a pretty close relationship but um but certainly you know people but i know a lot of people that you know really don't talk to their parents and I yeah think that's so i can see how hard it is um, yeah it's really painful but it's also like kind of the truth you and know also like kind of has to be done for your own fucking sanity yeah so, you know yeah don't worry if you if your mom doesn't talk to you my mom would love to talk to you um yeah <laughs> well that's why chosen family so important yeah you know, totally. Um, and like, you know, as as Jen is saying, like some people aren't meant to be in your life. Gail's like, girl, do I know that or what? <laughs> <laughs> Je- like Jen and Gail are like two 40 year olds. I know. need like a glass of rosé and some Jen fucking has like an old lady like hairstyle going. She you know? does. She does. She looks like she's going to a PTA meeting at she any really moment. Does. Yeah. It's, got the, it's full mullet. It's full uh, mullet. It's, really, at this point. it's quite it's quite something at this point. Um, we only have two and a half now more episodes of dealing with it, Aaron. So I know I'm, I'm counting down. Yeah. Don't you worry. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so and Jen is like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. No, 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 no. Like, you know, and then Gail's like, no worries. Girls night. <laughs> That's uh, almost to a T what Gail says. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like, let's have some good food, good music, and good conversation, and just, like, put the past behind us for a while. And I'm like, Gail, girl, I mean, I don't know why you have to do this with a 16-year-old, but, like, I know. at this point, do you? At least someone's, at least you're talking to someone that's not Dawson. <laughs> Completely agree. It's, like, it's pretty dark. Because, like, what? But also, like, okay, fine. And, I mean, you know. if you're going to go to Jen, to any one of these teenagers for life advice, Jen's the one to go to. He's the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, Jen's, like, the, Jen's oh. like, yes, please, and Gail hugs her. And I was like, yeah. bro, I fucking, I'm, like, I'm actually real into this, like, vibe that's between the two of them. I love it. Love yeah, it. I know. And it's, it's really cute. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for Jen too like yeah. she actually had a safe place to go when she got kicked out a, from another family oh. member yeah. house yeah know? yeah so um downtown yeah. Cape Side and Mitch and Miss Kennedy are walking down the street like flirting you know Mitch is and like she- what does entree new mean <laughs> Miss Kennedy like oh it's French <laughs> yeah it means like a secret and she's like <laughs> Um, or she says, just between us. And Mitch is like, oh, like a secret. And then she kisses him. And she goes like, oh, yeah. kiss. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I, I have some questions. Because <laughs> Mitch is like. He's like shook. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. And I'm like. <laughs> he becomes what? Dawson. It's really interesting. I'm, and you, y'all been dating for like a month. Well, okay. First of all, I've been having a lot of problems with Mitch's boundaries because he brought this lady to someone's wedding. Yeah. You don't bring a rando. Like, you don't go on fucking Tinder and bring a Tinder date to someone's wedding. Are you fucking kidding me? No. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And then, like, to, like, this is hideous. I hate, I've had to talk to some of my friends about this. Like, look, I am excited you're dating. I love that you're dating. But, like, I'm not trying to meet someone on, like, the second, third date. Like, maybe two months in. I love it. I'm, I'm into yeah. this, you know. But you have to, have, like, real boundaries about, like, when you're dating someone, like, introducing that person to your, like, inner circle. Aaron, I agree. I really agree. Um, and... Yeah, because I mean, it, it indicates to the people you're dating that you're like pursuing a long term relationship. It like sets up a lot of things. And also like like when, you know, friends would bring people like in to hang out with me. I'm like, I just don't know how to invest in this person because am right. I going to see them again? Like, you know, like what's going on? You know, like how serious are you? You know, totally. and like I only have so much time to hang out with my friends. So it's like I want to well, invest in my friend. And I feel like I feel like there's a difference between saying hi to the dude your roommate slept with last night as yeah. he walks down the stairs and out the door and out of your life forever. Yes. And being like, oh, hey, my roommate's boyfriend or my friend's boyfriend yeah. who is in my kitchen this morning. Like, let's have a conversation. Like, totally. What's up, man? You know, like, yeah. I feel like there's such a difference between those two things. And those and that's fine that there's a difference and ne- yeah. necessary that there's a difference between those two things. No, but you're not going to introduce your kid to someone that you've been on three dates with. Like that's right. so fucked up. Like right. that's so fucked up to me. Right. I, it's such bad boundaries. I mean, I like- bad boundaries is Mitch's nickname. Um, Especially right now. Yeah. Ooh, Sing- ooh, single ooh, Mitch is not a good person. No, no, no. So um, Nicole, Mitch is kind of like, or Nicole's kind of like, well, I mean, like, we've been going on dates and, like, spending time together. So, like, I figured it was fine to kiss you. Yeah. Again, it's been a month of this and they haven't kissed. Like, I I just have so many questions. Okay. So, 
Mitch is like, I'm out of practice, you know, and and there was a part of me that was like, okay, like I, 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 I'm willing to give a modicum of space for that. I mean, I completely agree with you, but it's not like this is their first date. No, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard, Aaron, to give space, but perhaps that's I should not be. Um, Mm -hmm. So then Mitch kisses her and then they go into the restaurant. Yeah. So and then Dawson and Joey are walking down the same street and they're like dressed up and yeah. uh, Dawson has like a legit suit and tie on. Yeah. <laughs> Super like weird. Maybe the same when he wore to Abby Morgan's funeral. I know. And, and you know, Joey's like, like, this is too much. Like, you can't take me to this restaurant. It's too nice. Yeah. It's and too Dawson's expensive. like, no, I want to take you somewhere nice. And like, it's it's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like. I want to like show you like this nice restaurant, this whole thing. I've been planning this for a while, you know? Um, and like, and also she's like, it's too expensive. And he's like, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. And it's like interesting because we know Dawson's rich, but we've talked about this before in the podcast. He's not generous, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, he, true. And so like, I, I said that, like, even though I'm kind of side-eyeing them still about how they haven't fucking talked about this relationship, yeah. like, th- the two of them right now feel much more comfortable than they ever did in their previous iteration of their relationship. Um, like, they, they're... I actually, you think so? Because I, I was like, yeah. I don't get it. I felt like the at the beginning of the second season, they were more, like, handsy and touchy-feely and, like, demonstrative, you know? And, like, now, like, this is just, like, performative and, like, these grand gestures. Like, mm. I'm going to take you on this romantic date, even though you're kind of uncomfortable about it and you're saying it's too expensive and you don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. Here's where I was coming like, from. Like, they're not even holding hands when they're walking. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's a good note. Where I was coming from was more, like... I think definitely they're less horny than they were last time. Although at the end of the episode, I don't know. We can have a conversation about that. But like, um, but my thing was more that they seemed more comfortable. Like they're kind of joking with each other. They're like having a good time with each other. Like last episode, we talked about how like Joey and Jack had a good time together. And like actually in this episode, there are times when Dawson and Joey seem like they're definitely having a good time. And I feel like throughout the whole of their relationship the last time, it was like always drama, never like we're chilling. We're just chilling, having a good time. Yeah. Like there was like one or two moments of that. I think that we're seeing Joey's like experience level, like one up you know, next level, do you know? Um, and like now they're kind of on the same level because Dawson had dated Jen for a little right. bit, you know? So now they're kind of on the like, all right, we've at least... We have some experience, experience with this. You know? yeah. yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, so then Dawson and Joey walk into the restaurant to the host stand and the host is like, oh, shit, I, I didn't know there were two Leary parties. Um, ooh, And then Dawson turns around and sees Mitch. Yeah. (laughs) And Mitch is like. Mitch and Nicole. (laughs) Dawson? Yeah. Yeah. And we're like. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's a weird setup. This doesn't make any sense. Like, whatever. But it's definitely a setup. But it's stupid. (laughs) So then we then we cut. And it's the first of a ser- many long series of jarring as fuck cuts. These two storylines are so wild that they would put in the same episode. Yeah. It's 
it's a lot. Agreed. Agreed. Because we cut from this kind of like setup of this French farce that's about to happen yeah. to this really intense Andy's in therapy. It's like kind of like a dark th- room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like it's nighttime and um, the therapist is asking if Abby's death has triggered Andy, you know. Right. She's like, you know, these symptoms like so. So it seems like Andy has told her therapist that she saw Abby, that she saw Abby. And she's like, you know, these symptoms are coming on because of Abby's death, but are bringing up these like unresolved issues with your brother's death. Yeah. And And you know, and. And the therapist is like, have you seen Abby any other time since that once last month? And Andy's like, nah, I don't even know if I really saw her like, you know, and just like lying. And, um, you know, the therapist can kind of pick up on Andy's really intense anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. and the therapist scribbles something down and she's like, here, I want to give you my home number. If you need anything this week, please call me. Right. Uh, I mean, okay. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like let that slide the home number thing because it was the 90s and not everyone had cell phones yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not everyone had email quite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so and like we could assume it wasn't like really a home number as much as like a number at her home. Right, right, right. You know, um, totally. And then and then the therapist says like we might need to decide if you need to go back on medication. Yeah, she's Um, like, I'm gonna need to see you next week. Yeah, yeah. And Just letting you know that, like, we might need to discuss meds for your anxiety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Andy's kind of like she's not super stoked on that. He's definitely disappointed at the suggestion. Yeah, you know. And yeah. she says, "Like, wait, I thought I didn't have to be on meds anymore." Right. So, um, yeah. So that's where we leave it. Um, and we yes. there's a music cue that's supposed uh-huh. to happen. Which is the bare naked ladies. This is where it ends. Um, and then we see we sort of move to outside where Andy's walking to her car yeah. to get into it after the appointment. And the guy from the hall, yeah, the rando is there, is in her car. Yeah, and, and he's like, "Ooh, I like your hair." Yeah. Did you tell your therapist about me? Uh huh. And it's very creepy. Yeah, and the Andy says no, and that like the guy's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's good. Like what we have is a secret." So it's ooh, definitely, ooh. it's definitely like what. I mean, it's I hard feel to like talk in about this. Ninety nine, yeah. I we could assume that it was a manifestation because she had seen Abby. Okay. At the end of the previous episode. Okay, I feel like in nineteen ninety nine, I might have thought that. Um, she was seeing someone else. Okay. Yeah. I, I I honestly don't remember exactly how I felt, but like I think that's what the show is trying to yeah. lead us on. Exactly. Um and and in nineteen ninety nine I usually fell for what the show was trying to sell me. <laughs> <laughs> so um So she calls him Brown. She refers to him as Brown and she's like, you know, we're gonna have to leave each other. And he's like, no, we won't. And Andy sort of gets like panicky and is like, promise me that we won't because like, I don't have this with anyone else. Like no one listens like you do. Uh, And then she says like scared. Yeah. And she starts like banging on her steering wheel and asks why it's happening. Yeah. And then he like, she sort of crumbles into him and he holds her and like tries to calm her down. Yeah. And she's like crying. Yeah. Yikes. 
yeah, something bad is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut from that harrowing scene to (laughs) Jen gathering wood to build a fire in the Leary household. (laughs) What else would she be doing? Okay. And they're like, Gail's lighting candles. Gail's like, okay, I got some candles going. Like, look at the moon in here. It's great. (laughs) And like, they're sitting on the couch, and Jen's like, you know, this is kind of weird, but like, what are you thinking about getting Mitch back? Like, where are you at with that? Like, they're legit having a girls' night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little weird that it's a 16 year old and a 40 something year old. Yeah. But I mean, Okay, it's not it the works, end of the. I it's guess. not the end of the world. I've had dinner with your mom before without you there. It's, totally. It happens. Um, um. So Gail's like, and you know, Gail says some pretty interesting things. Yeah. She's like, you can't manipulate people into loving you. Totally. And she's yeah. like, you can't connive or entice love. Like it just doesn't work. And she should tell that to her son. <laughs> true, Aaron. True. Jen then like asks her about the Philly job and is like, "Are you gonna take it?" And, yeah. And Gail says she's waiting for a sign. Um, you know. Yeah. No, it's cool because you know we've this has been introduced to us this opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like what's gonna happen with that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I I kind of like the storyline for Gail. Um, yeah. And I think it's a really interesting. You know, it's funny. I think in 1999, I. The whole Mitch and Gail thing, like, it was a nice little side distraction, but, like, I was here for the teenagers. Um, right. But now I'm kind of like, man, no, that's like, a that real decision. That journey is so compelling. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, like, do I choose my career, which is super important to me, or do I stay with my son for the last years of him being in high school right, and, like, right. the pivotal time of him growing up, yeah. you know? Do I, like, how am I going to mourn the end of my marriage that like, I'm not entirely like in a good place about, you know, just like how complicated your life is as you get older. (laughs) Yeah. And then Jen kind of looks up and goes, I smell smoke. (laughs) And Gail yells, pot roast. My pot roast. Um, been there, girl. Been there. Um, so then, dear God, why are Joey and Dawson sitting at the table with Mitch? What the fuck is happening? This is so stupid. Even in 1999, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Are you (laughs) kidding me? Like, why would you do this if you made a fancy plan to go to a restaurant and like the reservation was like messed up? You'd be like, well, give us another table. This is your fault. It's the restaurant, you know, and if they couldn't do it, you would just go to another restaurant. Why would you celebrate your one month with your dad there and his date? No, listen, you go to even if you just got to go get slices of pizza down the way. Yeah. In fancy clothes. Like, go do that, man. Are you kidding me? This is so fucking stupid. Yeah. So, but so putting, yeah, putting like a this, pin in that. <laughs> so wrap your head around that and then just, okay, here we are. Okay, They're here doing we are. A, a double date. This yeah. is so fucking disturbing. Okay. So why would Mitch do that to Miss Kennedy too? It's just like, hey, this is like our third date and I'm kind of in a weird spot. So like, yeah, why don't we hang out with my daughter and his girlfriend who I also consider a daughter my or my son, son and his girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. and who I consider a daughter. Right. It's, it's, it's incestuous, I know, but like, okay. Whatever. Fucking bizarre. So Mitch is like, you know, Nicole and I were discussing your summer plans. And Nicole is like, yeah, your dad mentions you might intern in Hollywood. And I was like, excuse me? 
First of all, that came out of the blue. Yeah. Like that only makes sense if you have like an aunt that lives in North Hollywood that you can stay with. Right, right, right. So Nicole's like, I have contacts. Like I could set you up with a summer job at an agency or production company. Oh my God. Which Dawson does not jump at. Are you fucking kidding me? You idiot. Don't you know anything about how this works? Okay. Like 9,000 things. (laughs) That, the thing you just said, absolutely. (laughs) Jump at that chance, Dawson. Number two, no fucking way in hell, unless you were some like agent's kid, would you be able to internet an agency at 16? No way from fucking like you're like, oh, yeah, I live in fucking Cape Cod most of the time and I'm just going to fly out here to L.A. And then uh, your to your point about having an aunt in North Hollywood. Where is he gonna You're just going to ship your kid to L.A. at 16 like, to live intern in a, for the summer? Live in a hostel on Hollywood Boulevard? I mean, I, listen, I've lived in L.A. for a long time, and I know some of those boarding houses are there. And, like, there's places that, like, if you were a 16-year-old, you could probably move into. And there's a lot of hotels that are double as, you know, as how actual yeah, places like to live residents yeah thank you yes but like i don't know man and hollywood in 1999 was like <sighs> not a not a great neighborhood no not a great neighborhood no i mean i dug it but you know i like yeah. i like weird grungy shit but so, I just, it's weird it, yeah. it's just the most absurd out of the blue thing and we're like okay it's what the fuck is happening and like Dawson, it just like, it's hard because he has this incredible offer just like put in his lap. Right. And he just becomes an asshole to Miss right. Kennedy. Right. Yeah. He just like rails into her. I mean, like, I know he's really mad about her like ripping apart his movie. And like, I do, I, I sympathize with that because yeah. no one has told him the truth. They tell him the Dawson truth, you know? And if we treat people with these, Kid you gloves. know, gloves like that, like it's going to be hard for them to, you know, ha- to what, accept like, like a real, Aaron, someone's what, real opinion. Like what if Donald Trump, if someone had told Donald Trump that he was a fucking idiot and an asshole, like at age 14 mm-hmm. and he like, actually had to do something about that instead of just giving him a pass would we be would we be living through the nightmare we're living through right now it's i mean you know what i mean hard to say i mean it's just like i i hear you we see pacey be ripped down all the time and he's like this amazing good person you know and like i don't think that ripping people down is what makes you a good person you know no but what we are seeing is like you know kind of lying to people, kid gloves, like this, like, you know, white privilege, it it kind of makes you a bad person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is definitely what we're seeing. And, you know, Dawson's like, you know, and like, so Dawson's like a total asshole to her. Yeah, he's like, like, isn't that the city you said would eat me for breakfast? And And Mitch says nothing, nothing. And Nicole, Nicole kind of backtracks her analysis, which I'm like, listen, Nicole, your analysis seemed spot on. I know, but she's right to be like, okay, I shouldn't have gone that hard on like a 15 year old or 16 year old, you know, or whatever. Agreed. And also like trying to just be like, okay, I see what you took from it. But like, that is like, maybe I need to like give you a full scope, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because you're focusing on like 
some of the things that like aren't helpful right you know and and Dawson like kind of is like apology not accepted and he tells yeah, her like Dawson like twists her words too yeah he's like you annihilated my film and tried to steer me away from the business and now that you're dating my dad I'm worthy of an internship in LA and I'm like first of all you clearly do not understand how Hollywood works <laughs> I know <laughs> did you not hear the story I told about how this show got made which is that <laughs> everyone put this script in a drawer until Kevin Williamson did Scream and then they were like, oh, right. Oh, that actually that? is a great show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's Hollywood, bro. <laughs> um, And Nicole just kind of like is like, you know, I might not be a fan of your movie, but like you, I'm a fan of your enthusiasm. And like, yeah. And she's like, there's plenty of uh, opportunities in the film business that aren't necessarily creative, like, and they're not necessarily writer director opportunities, which like, I will say as someone who works in a business that people like, like, you know, are clawing to get into, um, in book publishing, I will say that like nine times out of 10, the people who think that they want to be editorial in book publishing are actually like much better suited for other things. And It, it is like I think this is definitely like that feels really realistic to me that right. like there are so many jobs within entertainment that like sometimes you don't even know that a certain job exists that you would really love and be perfect for. So like, I don't know. I, I mean, not to get too preachy here, but like if you are into that kind of shit, like be open to all of it, because sometimes you think you want to be you know, on set all the time and actually really what you want to do yeah, is well, be like I mean, a facilities manager or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah. You and I, obviously we live in LA. We know hella people in the film industry. And no I one's like in the film business no for one a while. Yeah. Was in high school. Like, you know what? I really want to be a prop master. Right. Like, <laughs> but like once you start working and you see what like the breadth of job opportunities are and like what really appeals to you, yeah. then like you can pivot and change your mind, you know? Yeah. And she's offering her that experience to him of like, just being like, yeah, okay. Like I actually have worked in Hollywood. I know more about the ins and outs of it. Like yeah. to explain it to you, like you read like, you know, articles with, uh, you know, in Hollywood reporter with, you know, Steven yeah. Spielberg. That's like, not really like the minutia of like the industry, you know, the business side. That's like one of the complicated things. I mean, we were, t- we're talking about that right now too, in this cultural moment where like a lot of people have a lot of to say about how business is run. <laughs> without actually knowing how business is run, you know? Um, and so that's like a really complicated thing. Yeah. So, um, so they get interrupted. This little tiff gets interrupted by the waiter, um, Mm -hmm. asking to take the order. And Joey's like, y'all go ahead. Dawson, (laughs) let's talk. (laughs) A word, (laughs) a word, please. And she like, they kind of go towards the bar, and she's like, this is your idea of a romantic evening, which like, girl, yes. I know. I'm here with you And on he's this. like, he's like, wow, she talked shit in my movie and now she she's trying to steal my dad. And Joey's like, yeah, and you're prioritizing your own bullshit over us. And yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking upsetting. Right. And Dawson, I mean, to his credit, apologizes and was like, okay, for the sake of our evening, I'm going to rise above this. I mean, yeah. my note was what a mensch eye roll. <laughs> but I like no, I guess she had to like pull him aside, yeah. remove him from the situation to be like, hey, I fucking exist. I'm here. Yeah. What about me? So so then we hit this music cue that is called Surrounded by Binge. 
um, which is a song that I didn't really know that I knew all of the words and the tune to. <laughs> but I did. I knew it all. Um, and we see then Gail and Jen walk into this restaurant. Yikes. And then Dawson says it. Aaron, do you want to do the, the honors? Do you have it written down or do you want me to say it? You say it. He says, is this a French restaurant or a French farce? <laughs> <laughs> like Both. how many French farce episodes have they had this season? There's like. There's the like, dick in the face is the best one. I mean, the dick, a, a dick in a face is always a good <laughs> farcical element. Um, whatever that may mean to you. Um, anyway, so then we cut to Andy, uh, okay. Andy's house. Okay. So, um, sober up here. Yep. <laughs> Stop doing shots when people say persnickety. And, um, Andy okay. and Pacey are watching TV on her bed. Yeah. She's like in her pajamas and she looks fucking grumpy. Yeah. And she like leaves to go get something to drink. Yeah, she runs down to the kitchen and she sees Brown. Yeah, and he's there, yeah. and she's like, and she's "Like you're late." Yeah, <laughs> so I, she's even snappy with him, <laughs> right? And he's like, he asks her if she's okay, and Andy's kind of like, "We can't talk right now." Like, Pacey's upstairs. I don't want him to find out about you. Yeah, it's too complicated to have both of y'all here at the same time, right? And Brown's like, "I don't care about Pacey. I care about you," and. Pacey then is up in Andy's room and he finds this like photo album. Yeah, under P- Andy's pillow. Yeah, and he like goes downstairs. He like looks through it and then goes downstairs to find Andy and he like yeah. hears Andy talking to Brown in the kitchen. And he's like completely freaked out. Right. And she, cause she, he hears her say, I can't tell him, would you understand if you were him? And then there's this yeah. very like strategic cut where, so like we're with Pacey when you hear her say, I can't tell him, would you understand if you were him? Uh-huh. And then we cut into the kitchen. Yeah. And Brown is there and says, no, I guess I wouldn't. Yeah. And Andy's like, you know, there's nothing I can do. And Brown says, you know, you can choose. Uh, and Andy says, I won't do that. And then Pacey walks into the kitchen and is kind of like, like makes it like, what the fuck, Jester? Yeah. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. So, uh, so that's disturbing, whatever's yeah. happening there. Yeah. And then we go to the restaurant, back to the restaurant, to the bar. Okay. So, okay. Joey walks up right. to Jen. <laughs> Who is standing at the bar? She is drinking a Coke, so yeah. At least this bar isn't serving underage kids. Um, and, and Joey's Jen's like, like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> and you're here." And Joey's like, "Yeah, yeah," and Mitch is too. With Miss Jen's Kennedy. like, "Yikes!" <laughs> but then she like smiles and she's like. Maybe this is a good thing. Yeah. Jen. I love Jen. Okay. (laughs) So we go over and Dawson sits back down and like tells Mitch Mitch that Gail just came into the restaurant. Yeah. And Dawson's kind of like. Kennedy isn't at the table. No. She She had left. Yeah. And so Dawson's like, you're not stressing out about this? And Mitch, who is an adult, is like, why would I stress out about this? Like, yeah, Mitch Gail- is like, yeah, it's okay, because we're getting divorced. Mm. And Gail's met Nicole, like, not a big deal, whatever. Yeah. And then Dawson's like, yeah, but mom might go to Philly. You're just going to let her? Yeah, and Dawson's Mitch- like, mom is moments away from deciding whether or not to leave Cape Side indefinitely. And Mitch is like, yeah, we're, we're getting divorced. Like, that's got nothing to do with me, yo. 
Yeah. And, and da- it's just like Dawson doesn't understand what letting someone go means. No, not at all. Also, like Dawson needs to just fucking butt out of this. I mean, I I know we've discussed it a number of times that like, you know, we well, get- it's hard. I I I get where Dawson's coming from. Yeah. I don't think Mitch is like helping. Helping. I don't think Gail is helping either. Right. You know, because. Gail has simultaneously been like, yeah, we fucked, but we're getting divorced. They both have said that, right. you know, which is like indicating that they're like fine with the next step of their relationship, which right. is dissolving it um, as a romantic partnership. But yeah. like now Dawson is, you know, kind of now that Gail is like confided that she wants to get him back, like Dawson's kind of like on that level. And Mitch just kind of needs to like, again, set him down and be like, hey, I, you know, I know it's hard that we're you know, then this is on me that I'm ending this relationship. Right. But that is what's going to happen. And like, what do you need from me to like, be okay with that? Right. So that's, it's kind of on Mitch. Like, I think that's what Mitch is doing by being firm here. Of like, yeah, like we're getting divorced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and then so we cut to the bathroom. Yeah. We cut the to the room. bathroom <laughs> and Gail and Nicole both walk out of the two stalls in the bathroom at the same time. Yeah. And, and Nicole, she's like, like, hi, Gail. Hey, Gail. And Gail fucking says, she's I was planning on ignoring wild. you. It's so wild. It's so crazy. I just can't. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, yeah. Like I before my boyfriend is divorced and yeah. his wife lives in LA or his ex-wife lives in LA. Yeah. And LA's a small town. I run into her yeah. occasionally, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, it's, of course it's fucking awkward, but not really. It's just awkward in the sense, like those situations are awkward. Sure. But we just say hi. We like chat a minute. It's totally yeah. fine. Like I know some of her friends, she knows some of my, you know, it's yeah, like not yeah, fucking yeah. weird. I don't know. It's, it's just like, fine. I don't get it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, there's a part of me that like I get it might be like painful. I get the awkwardness yeah for sure yeah like when when Miss Kennedy when Nicole's like hey Gail like you can hear the awkwardness because it's fucking awkward for sure sure but like you're also like it's not so awkward I don't say hi to you right I'm or not that, an like, asshole or that I don't just like you know catch up for a second like because it's just more awkward because I don't fucking know you we just use you used to fuck someone I'm fucking you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't know each other <laughs> sure sure although i don't know i don't think mitch and nicole are fucking well sure to yeah, be yeah quite yeah. frank with you <laughs> totally that's definitely true yeah um so gail's like gail asks nicole if she's here with mitch and, and nicole's like yeah and gail's like well that just sucks doesn't it and then she's like maybe i guess maybe i'll call it a night and then like nicole's like well i guess that might be fair to mitch yeah. And Gail's and like, then Gail like doubles down. She's like, on second thought, I think I'll let Mitch decide what's fair for Mitch. And what I just like do not I don't get it. I, I don't like this at all. I'm just like, look, guys, wash your goddamn hands and fucking touch up your lipstick and then no, like be on your again, way. I'm obviously I'm so different. Like yeah. I said in the you know, the wedding episode. I I just wouldn't take it out on this other girl. Like I would yeah. just, you know, like take it out on the person who's like we have a relationship. Well, Not even like- take it out. I just would have said to my ex or my boyfriend at the time being like, Hey, I mean, if I we're gonna be in the same place, just yeah. like let me know, you know. Uh totally. 
like one time my boyfriend's ex-wife invited us to a picnic like and he didn't my boyfriend didn't email RSVPing <laughs> and we like show up and oh, she was God. like oh you didn't tell me you were coming and I was like to my boyfriend I like are you fucking kidding me you have to <laughs> let her know like you cannot put either of us in that position yeah, it's not yeah. fair to her especially yeah. and it's not fair to me like come on right. you just what you can't be doing that you know right come on Right. But that but you know, it's like, okay, there's a fucking adult way to handle that by saying that to him, like and not screaming at it him in the middle of the fucking barbecue. Well, yeah, and then it's not like she's gonna be whack to us or anything. Right. Like yeah, on, you it's know? just like, okay, hey, you were coming. Great. Yeah. Hi, welcome. <laughs> anyway, so um we go back to Andy in the kitchen. Um and Andy and Pacey are now like fighting. They're yelling. This They're is like- yelling. This is the most serious fight we've seen them have. Yeah, because Pacey's like, who were you on the phone with? And Andy's like, I wasn't on the phone. And then Pacey's like, like, what the fuck is happening? Are you talking to another guy? Like, was that another guy? And Andy, then Andy's like, you got to go. Like, you need to leave. Yeah. Um, And Pacey, like, asks her flat out, are you seeing someone else? Yeah. And Andy says no. So, like, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I don't have a memory of what I thought in 1999 of this. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I can't remember. But Pacey's like, you know, who were you talking to? Like, yeah, and he like, kind of yells what? it at her. Like, yeah, no, because it's very scary. And like, yeah, like we're understanding from his perspective. Yeah. He thinks she's talking to another woman. Right. And that aligns man, with what yeah. he's been. Or, yeah, sorry, another man. And that aligns with like kind of like how he's been feeling like she's different. Right. So in his his head's probably spinning of like, oh, my God, she's pulling away from me. She's being hella whack to me because she's like right. maybe dating someone else or like pursuing someone else, right. you know? Because he tells her like ever since Abby died, like your moods have been all over the place. Like one minute you're all over me and then you don't want to see me. So if not someone else and then he kind of says, if it's not someone else, I can't help but think that it's some kind of medical situation. Yeah. And he like gets uncomfortable right before he says that, yeah. like, you know, because he's like, like, I'm. I don't know how to say this, you know, and they haven't created that space to really talk about right. her mental health, her mental health. They've talked about her mental health insofar as like she's explained what's going on and uh-huh. they've like, but not in the sense of like him being like, look, I know you really well and something's something's going on, you know, like, right. and this is hard. This is a really hard this is one of the hardest things, you know, of like, how do you create those dialogues, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I like, I wanted to say about this, like, I know, so last week, I said that that my mom um, attempted suicide a few years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I have gone through, and that I have sort of um, learned in that process is like, that actually what Pacey is doing is pretty spot on for helping Like, Mm -hmm. to say, to bring it up and say, like, it seems like maybe there's something more going on here, you know, like, um, and it's something that, like, you know, my mom and I check in with each other now a lot about, like, okay, you know, like, you know, I've also said recently my dad died. So it's like, we check in. Okay, are we sad? You know, like, yeah, you know, we're both going through this thing where we're both very sad about certain things. But it's like, there's a difference between I am sad I'm having a hard day. Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard week. Yeah. And, 
you know, I'm in a depression spiral. And those are things like that I know my mom looks out for and that I know I look out for. And so like, actually, you know, it's a little clumsy how Pacey does it, but him bringing it up to her and saying like, I am seeing this and like, I'm worried is actually what you're supposed to do. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. But that's what I'm saying is like, they don't really have the space yet to do that. You know, like he's not saying it in this like, kind of mean way which sometimes people can lean into of like oh is this you like having a thing you know or whatever sometimes it can be like that and he's not like he actually feels like uncomfortable to like even put it on the table you know um and it's just really hard to see you know um how just difficult these situations are and how it makes your relationship so much more complicated, you know, having to really struggle with like a pretty severe mental illness like Andy is, you know? Yeah. And Pacey then like asks about the photo album and he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've never seen these photos, but like, your hair, you changed your hair to look like these photos with you. And it's like, it's like Andy and Tim and, Um, Jack Jack. he's like you and your brothers and my note is that like he's probably being a little too aggressive but I also get that he's panicking about this and like understands that something is like very wrong right and Andy's kind of like you're are you freaking out because I went back to an old hairstyle like what the fuck yeah because then she takes offense to this and I agree like him like I said, like initially being like, is this a medical thing is like good, but him being like now like this and the weird accusatory, like Sherlock Holmes thing is when it becomes difficult, you know? And like, just like to, to inject some levity into this, I want to say that this is the exact moment in the show that I realized that Andy is wearing. I love Lucy pajamas. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I know. They definitely are Lucy with the chocolates. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Pacey kind of, Pacey definitely gets accusatory. And Andy, like, doesn't really answer him and just grabs the photo album and yanks it. And then she... Yeah, because she takes offense to him being like, oh, you can't, you don't like my hair change. I can't change my hair, you know? And like, it like, it was something that was triggering her to say that, you know? Yeah. And And she grabs the photo album from him and with the inertia, like swings and like shatters a lamp. Yeah. And then she just like drops the album on the floor and looks at him and is like, you can stay, but I'm going to bed. Is that their relationship vibe? Like he stays over there a lot? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but like Pacey then like picks up the book and we see this picture of Jack, Andy and the man we know is Brown. Yeah. So actually Tim McPhee. Yeah. So we understand that that's Tim McPhee. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to the restaurant (laughs) again. These are really jarring cuts. Yeah. I gotta say. Because the host is, like, all cheery and, like, <laughs> fucking knows Gail. Oh, Gail Leary, like, come on in. I could squeeze a table for you. And you're like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do that for Dawson Leary? You would know Leary. You would yeah. know that, what? This is just so stupid. Yeah. I, but I also, like, I want to say that as a person who, like, my father was a local celebrity, like, yeah. definitely this is the experience. Like, no, totally. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, it's so absurd that like, they wouldn't be like, oh, oh shit. Sorry. Oh, the, the Leary family. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like, 
Dawson will make a table for you. That's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it just is unbelievable. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. I hear you. Even when I was a kid, I knew this was unbelievable. Hearing you. Yes. <laughs> I think my hometown was so small that like no one ever needed reservations to go anywhere. Um, and so I didn't really understand how reservations worked. Yeah, like to have like a hot reservation and like it'd be impossible to get into. You're yeah. like, I don't know if that really works in a town like Cape Side. I feel like I've lived in LA now for like 15 years and like I barely am like better at reservation making. I'm like, oh yeah, we probably need a reservation for that restaurant yeah, totally. on Friday night. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So, um, so then Gail is like, you know, look at all these happy people. Who knows? Who knew romance could be oh, yeah. so disgusting? He gives, the host gives them a free bottle of wine too yeah 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 she, he does and then jen's kind of like jen kind of calls gail and she's like man once a romantic always a romantic like, yeah what the fuck? don't be salty <laughs> I, I know you're this isn't your vibe yeah 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 and and jen's like you know i'd be willing to bet if someone played if a band started to play the song that meant something to you it would get to you yeah and then jen's like she's like huh do you and mitch have a song yeah <laughs> Okay, Jen. <laughs> so then we go over to Dawson and Joey's table, which is and crowded like, and chaotic. And, and they get a bottle sent over to them. From, quote, a table that wishes to remain nameless. <laughs> okay. Okay. And at that moment, Nicole, doing her best Dawson impression, is like pontificating wildly about the quality of films these days. And sort of says, like, Dawson, when you're a Hollywood bigwig, like, don't try to make only blockbusters. Yeah. I, I felt like she's kind of being nice and she's trying to, like, connect with Dawson. Yeah. You know, and, like, kind of speak to him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I, I, I think it, so, too. But also, like... It's a weird situation, you know. Anyways. <laughs> It's very And odd. so Joey's like, girl, I thought you told him not to pursue filmmaking. And she like Joey's like totally standing up for Dawson. Yeah. In this way that like I don't know if we ever see in the reverse. Yeah. And 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 you know Joey says since you made it perfectly clear that Dawson has no talent, it's a little persnickety of you to imply <laughs> that he may someday be a Hollywood bigwag. <laughs> Mitch so it, like <laughs> legit snorts at that. Yeah. It's if so you're, fucked up that they're being so mean to Miss Kennedy. It's fucked also take a drink of your wine if yes if we're if we're playing that game <laughs> um yeah yeah and nicole kind of goes like persnickety again another <laughs> drink um which is why we're not doing shots um yep. and and yeah i mean like i don't know mitch is kind of he's kind of entertained by it well it's kind of sweet because he likes Joey, you know, so he I think he likes when Joey's like boss Joey, you know, and he's like, I want to like, (laughs) I love I love this vibe. This is what I love about my fiery little daughter, you know, Um, but like, I don't know. It's hard because the show wants us to like hate Miss Kennedy. And I I just I just don't know why, you know, I I like that's how I felt, too, as I was like, I don't think we're supposed to like hate Jen, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, you know, it's like it's more complicated to have a complicated feeling about it, you know? Yeah. So we go back to Andy's and like Jack comes in 
the yeah, house. From the to, ice house. Yeah, to Pacey cleaning up this broken lamp. And Jack's like, oh my God, what happened? Right. <laughs> and Pacey's like, there is something wrong. Like, like really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack then like admits that he caught Andy talking to herself the other and day. And P- Pacey's like, whoa, me too. I That just happened. Right. I mean, like, listen, I talk to myself all the time. Well, I know. I that's the thing. You. I was like watching this, like, oh my God, I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Literally right now, because normally I live alone, but I'm staying with Genevieve. Yeah. And like, there are times when she like pokes her head out and is like, are we, are you talking? Like, I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> an answer. And I'm like, no, no. No, no, just I'm just over here talking to myself. <laughs> it's like now that someone else is in the house, I've like yeah. realized how much I do it. Exactly. <laughs> someone no, responds totally. when I talk. <laughs> totally. Anyway, um, so And Jackie's just or Jack is just like, oh my god, like wait, she what she, who was she talking to? Like, yeah. what do you mean? Let's okay. And Pacey's like, I don't know what she was saying. I just like popped in in the middle of it. Yeah. But she's, she's, it said she was talking to Brown and Jack's like shook. Jack's face falls. Yeah. And, and Pacey's and, like, you know who that is, don't you? And then at that moment, Andy comes down the stairs mm-hmm. and she's like, mm, that was my name for Tim. Yeah. I couldn't say his name, Timothy, when I was younger. So I called him by my favorite color which was brown oh my god this was what we talked about most the morning after (laughs) (laughs) whose favorite color is brown who the fuck's favorite color is brown (laughs) with you with you girl with you oh my god that's like seared in my memory like (laughs) my favorite color what the fuck like she could have just said like about like my dream Ivy League school or right, something. Right. Like what? This is so weird. Anyways. Anyways. Um. So so she's like. Then she starts like work. Get it. We're getting worked up, and she's like, "You you guys think I'm crazy, but I'm not." Yeah. Like, and she's like, "I'm not crazy. I'm not like mom. I see Tim, and he's uh, here." And then she kind of like runs into the bathroom, like locks herself and in locks there. herself in. And Pacey and Jack like freak out, and they like. They, like, try to get her to open the door and, you know, look, I have been thinking a lot about this in the wake of, like, um, these defund the police protests and and things. Uh It's like, who do you call at this in this situation? Like, no, something like this happened to me in Santa Cruz. I was at, you know, a friend's house and mm -hmm. they were like had a subletter and he like kind of just started freaking out and being really crazy. Like, or I don't use the word, just like being I don't know. And Having we a were breakdown. like, yeah. And we were like, oh my gosh. And I think like they had called his like parent. Like I kind of came to see my friend in the middle of this, yeah, like, you know, yeah. and they had were called his dad and they, the dad was like, well, what do you think's happening? Like, who should, should I call the police? And we're, I was just like, I mean, honestly, like something's wrong and I don't, I don't think it's safe to continue this, <laughs> this way. Yeah. You know, I don't know if the police are who you call in this situation, you right. know, and that's what we're saying when we say defund the police. It's like, why is that that the police is the only people you can call when there's like an unsafe situation? You know, well, why when, is it that someone has to show up with a gun in in situations like this? You know, right. And that's my thing is like and someone know. who doesn't have any training, you know, right, right. And it's like, you know, uh, 
I, calling an ambulance, obviously, like this is a medical situation and this is someone who could do real harm to themselves. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the people who are going to show up are police yeah. in this moment. And so how do we like as a society work, work at, uh, into like work ourselves, like get a good workaround where there's someone who comes that knows how to deal with this. You know, yeah, I no, mean, that's exactly. my thing. That's I, what, like, the goal is, like, when you call 911, the dispatch is like, what's the problem? Okay. And then they dispatch the right know, person, the right entity. Right. Yeah. Because I know. Or the most, the most appropriate one, or the yeah. one that you on the phone requesting it and the dispatch can agree on, you know? Right. I mean, I know from my own personal experience, um, and I was not there when my mom attempted suicide, but like, mm-hmm. Um, that an ambulance was called and took her to the hospital. And right. then the police did show up and my, I think my dad had to give a statement. I'm pretty oh, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they had to like, then they would be a check the scene. They, yeah. She was 5150. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you know, obviously my mother is a, you know, a tiny little white lady. <laughs> um, and so, and wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to harm anyone else. Um, was just harmed herself. And so, you know, there's a there's a question of like, okay, you know, obviously that didn't result in any kind of like violence. But, you know, if someone if someone is threatening, um, even if you're like, I'm more worried about them than I am about me, but like, but this situation could easily get out of hand. Like, mm-hmm. who do you call? And why is it the police that show up? I mean, that's I'm I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, good. The messaging is working. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, so then we go back to the restaurant. Because um, why? Okay. And Nicole is like talking about the movie she's writing. And she says she wants it to be a drier, more ironic when Harry met Sally. And I was just like, yeah, uh, Nicole, that movie is called Reality Bites. It already exists. <laughs> It's great. You should we definitely can, watch it. We can have another one. That's okay. I mean, I would kill for another reality bites. Oh my god. One hand by a woman, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. USC. Um, what's yeah. her name? Helen. Helen something. I forget her last name. Um, that was her USC uh, film school. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. Winona. Winona forever. Winona forever. Yeah. Uh, so Joey is on. I said Joey is on one. <laughs> yeah. And she interrupts and asks like what the she asked Miss Kennedy what the most lacking thing in Dawson's film was. And Nicole's kind of like, can we not like like she's just literally <laughs> like this again. Like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm right with, there with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do love it when Joey gets kind of like. No, For I lack love, of a better word, caddy. Like I, yeah. I kind of like it. No, I love boss Joey, like snarky Joey. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. she's pretty good at it, and Katie Holmes is good at leaning into that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and so it's fine. But I'm again with Miss Kenny. Like, really, we're gonna talk about this. Like, I know. can we pivot away from this? You right, know, right. first of all, this is like a literally the worst state of my life. Yeah. You know, two sixteen-year-olds like sharing a table with me. Yeah. Um. And Miss Kennedy tries to like kind of stand up for her, and she turns and glances at Mitch, like, yeah, like you know, you're non, gonna you're gonna stop non- verbally, like, are, are you gonna help me out here? You right, know, right. and Mitch just lets nope, it slide, doesn't, 
And Mitch, but Mitch kind of is like, man, Joey, come on. And then Joey's like, you know, we need to address this underlying tension, like that Miss Kennedy thinks your son is totally and completely without talent. And again, when Katie Holmes says talent, her Ohio, Toledo, Ohio comes out. Uh She says talent. She's like a long A. I can't do it. I'm sorry, Ohio. You're very nice, but I can't do your accent. Um, And uh, Miss Kennedy is kind of like, I didn't say that. And then both Dawson and Joey are like, well, what did you say? (sighs) And then Miss Kennedy says, like, actually, um, something kind of wise, which is like the key to success is not only having a dream, but having the right dream. Mm -hmm. And that there are plenty of people to aspire to be writers and directors, but few actually have the potential. And I actually think that's pretty true. No, the the, the hubris of Dawson is a real problem in this show. You know, he's like, I want to be, I'm, I want to be a filmmaker, writer, director, editor, the whole thing. And I'm going to do it because I want it, you know, and just like the sheer white privilege of that, you know, of him is like hideous in my, it's really hard to watch for me. Obviously everyone knows that, you know? Yeah. Um, And like it, I don't, I don't think that being real means that you're diminishing someone's dream, you know, just like she's being honest. Like, yeah, like a lot of people want that dream. And like, it might be not the right dream for you. Yeah. Like, you know, um, just like heads up, like that's it, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe you're going to, maybe you're going to go to Hollywood and you're going to end up in international marketing and you're going to fucking rocket there. Yeah. Who like who knew that that was a thing that you could rock it at? Yeah. But it is. Uh so, you know, whatever. So Dawson kind of tries to hurl it back at her and he's like, "You know, what do you know about Hollywood? You spent a few years there and now you're in a small East Coast town teaching high school. Whatever success you had couldn't be much." And it's like there's a part of me that's like, "Point." I mean, well, yeah, that's why Miss Kennedy just rightfully is like, well, then my opinion shouldn't matter to you. Right. Which I fucking love. I was like, cheersing. It's <laughs> like, it's like, Clink. this is, yeah, it's like, this is so stupid. Like, yeah. if this is like, I, like, this is what I tell all of my friends. And this is why I personally live my life is like, no, you to choose it, choose whose opinion you take, mm-hmm. whose opinion matters to you, you mm-hmm. know? People are going to be talking shit on you your whole life. People are going to be hating on you, like, whatever. Do you pow- give power to that opinion? Like, why? I don't care, you know? Totally. I mean, that's so wild, you know? Totally. So she's just kind of like, look, if you don't like me, why do you care what I think about your movie? I mean, true. True. So Mitch is like, you know... You know, Nicole, he's a kid with a dream. Like, isn't it your job to encourage him to follow it? As a teacher. As a teacher, which, like, I mean... And I just want to say, this is, like, again, a problem of, like, the white, upper-middle-class, straight people. Because, remember, (laughs) no one stood up for Pacey. Right. No one stood up for Jack. Yep. When teachers were being fucked up to both of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. So, again, it's like... We're like, oh, but shouldn't teachers like support their kids? Like, you know, I I completely agree with that. But, you know, like Mitch stands up for Dawson. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Who else is he holding accountable, you know, and he works at the fucking school, you know, I mean, he doesn't he replaced Mr. Peterson, but. 
Yeah. So, you know, Nicole is kind of like, that's a cozy fantasy, but life has a meaner bite than that, which is fucking true. Um, yeah. And then Joey butts in and is like, there's a name for individuals who focus on life's meaner bites. It's called bitter. <laughs> and Nicole's like, on that note, <laughs> I'll be back. Which like, girl, I would just leave this restaurant. I know. I would walk <laughs> I out of this never, fucking dinner. I would dinner. have never agreed to this arrangement. Like, no. that's so fucking weird. No, I wouldn't have let it get this far, but at this point, I would walk out of this fucking restaurant Absolutely. and be like, goodbye. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, that's quite enough. <laughs> I've had quite so enough. Weird. Like, I didn't plan on spending my Friday night getting, like, hurled insights by, like, an entitled white man and, like, a white kid and his, like, girlfriend, you know? a yeah. 100%. So... Um, so Dawson like is like pulls Joey aside and yeah. is like, uh, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. And he's just like, Joey's like, just wait, you'll see. And yeah. Dawson's like so fucking obtuse. Uh, the most, the most. Because <laughs> then Jen comes up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jen comes up and she's like, how's how's our plan working? Goes, and Dawson's like, well, I don't know. Joey's being fucking whack. <laughs> like, what's going on? You know? And they're just like again what is happening so for someone who like fancies himself like a f- writer uh-huh. and like this like you know he wants to be a filmmaker <laughs> like he can't even see any like he can't follow you know, a plot line for <laughs> the life of him yeah <laughs> um and jen says quote operation reunited has begun uh-huh. and just at that exact moment an instrumental Re- version of I know. peach Re- the peaches and herb classic yep. reunited feels so good that starts and joey and jen look and you're immediately like oh that (laughs) is the song that gail revealed to jen a few minutes ago Uh Uh joey and jen look pretty damn pleased with themselves and dawson (laughs) is literally like like, patting themselves on the back you know girl we're good we're good and then the mater d shows up (laughs) and he's like Oh, I sent the bottle that you ordered over to that table. My inter- I just want to know the liquor laws in in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I, I like in, quote, in parentheses, I said, I have questions about how teenagers order wine, even if it Who's, wasn't for them. But you can't buy it. That's the whole point. <laughs> I'm just going to move it. past it because I understand that for the plot of this show, I shouldn't be asking questions. I know. Like Jen, like hands <laughs> over a credit card. He's like, put it on my tab. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? what? So How did they have a tab going. Who knows? Okay. Anyway, her, her, her Coca-Cola was on the tab. I have a lot of questions about that. But uh, okay. <laughs> Just skip over him, Aaron. Don't ask questions. Okay. So Dawson's like, the Mater D knows, and I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, Dawson, not the last time. Well, that's time. on you. The, the audience <laughs> knows too, and you don't know. So <laughs> not the last time you're going to be left in the dark about a situation like this. Oh my gosh. So then we see Mitch go up to Gail. Yeah, and asked her to dance. And he's you know. like, you know, it's our song. Like, it's a stance. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Why is so obsessed with getting these two together? I don't know, man. <laughs> and so finally, Mitch tries to attempt to co-parent with his ex-wife finally. and is like, hey, like, what's going on with Philly? Yeah. Um, well, and first Gail. Mitch says, oh. thank you for the wine. 
Right. It was very mature of you. Uh, it was a nice gesture. And then right at that moment, Gail's kind of, as they're turning, as they're dancing, she sees all the kids staring at them yeah. and she kind of like gets it, what's yeah, happening. Cause then like, they like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they like turn, they like look in opposite directions. Like we weren't looking at you. <laughs> Super obvious. And then Mitch asks about Philadelphia and yeah. is like, are you going to go? And then they have this whole meta conversation. Oh, shit. I don't have my meta shit. (laughs) Um, This whole meta conversation. And um, Gail's kind of like, how will Dawson get along? Or Mitch is like, how will Dawson get along without you being there? Mm -hmm. And they're really mean, of course, Mitch. Yes. And they have this whole conversation like, this is going to affect him. And like Gail's kind of like, he'll be okay. And I'm kind of like, I mean, a have a conversation about how you leaving might affect your fucking son. Well, sure. And also like, and also have, have a, a conversation, conversation about, about how to want. affect each other. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then Gail is like, ask me to stay. Yeah, because Mitch says, if I know Dawson, he's never going to let on how much he's missing you. But And then Gail says, well, he could ask me to stay. And Mitch is like, but that wouldn't be fair. Like, you you deserve that opportunity too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it looks like they're about to kiss. But then the song ends. Yeah. It's interesting because this is like a similar conversation that Dawson and Joey had at the end of season one. Right. The ask me to stay conversation. Oops, yeah. The ask me to stay conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had, a, I had a sip of beer and I hiccuped. <laughs> um, excuse me. So yeah, then Mitch just goes back to Miss Kennedy. It's like, yikes. Oh my God. And it's super awkward. Yeah. Like it's all quiet and awkward. Um, and then we cut to Andy's house. Okay. Yeah. And like, Pacey's like kind of on the floor, like up against the bathroom door that's uh-huh. locked. Like, and Jack's like, "All right, we can maybe we can get like a crowbar and butter knife. We yeah. can like try to figure He's out like how to open this, trying you to know? get the door open." Yeah. And Andy's in the bathroom, like freaking out, like she's a mess. And Tim is in there with her. Yeah, and, and she's like he, yelling at him to go away. Yeah, she's like trying to harness her energy to get this, you know manifestation out and tim's like you have to choose and she's like i'm not crazy yeah and And she throws i don't know what she throws at the mirror but she throws something at it and it shatters yeah so again we're realizing that andy can get violent when she gets out of control right well and also i guess just violent and destructive right i mean there's that part of it and also there's this part of me that's like now there's glass everywhere like that's Mm -hmm. really dangerous yeah because then jack's like what happened what did you break what's going on like they're scared that she's gonna kill herself right and tim starts yelling at andy like they don't believe you they think you're crazy and like Pacey tries to talk her down from the other side of the door. He's like, you know, yeah. I believe you when you say that Tim's there, like, but it's not yeah. fair that I can't see him. So like, yeah. I need you to tell me what he's saying. Yeah. And it's this really like, 
I mean, it's kind of an incredible scene where Tim is kind of like stroking her hair and looking right at her. Mm -hmm. And she's just like crying. Yeah. And Tim's like, you know, they don't understand. And it's so hard because she finds comfort in Tim. She's already said that like this, you know, thing is it's giving her comfort, but she also knows it's, it's not real, you know, and that like that, that is not a real comfort either, you know? And so it's like leaning into feeling comfortable versus like leaning into the uncomfortability of reality. Right. Right. And Pacey's like, you know, I might not understand what's going on with you, but I understand you. Yeah. And then Tim tells Andy that she has to choose. Yeah. And Pacey kind of fucking takes a gamble, man. Like this is a gamble. And he's like, you do have to choose. Yeah. And and Jack looks at Pacey like he's like, what Ugh. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And then Pacey says, "You have to choose, and I am begging you to choose me." Right. And and he just gives this great speech where he's like, "I love you so much. You're so special." And he says, "I need you more than Tim does." And so yeah. does Jack. And Pacey says, "My like, life, began. my life began when I met you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm never giving up on you." And he says, "You know, you never gave up on me, so I'm not giving up on you." He, I mean, he basically begs her, begs her to choose. Yeah, and, and we see Tim kind of just looking at her and stroking her hair, and she just cries and like reaches for the doorknob and unlocks it and comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, and Pacey just grabs her and holds on to her. And, like, we all kind of breathe this sigh of relief. I mean, fuck, man. Yeah. the uh, It's wild. I got to say, the acting in this scene is so good. Like, every yeah. single one of them is so good. Yeah. Um, the it's way- just, they're so scared, you know, yeah. and just, like, helpless. Yeah. And the way that they, yeah, the way that they deal with it is really, I mean, it's tremendous. So um, so we go to a commercial and then we come back and Jack and Pacey are sort of coming down the stairs. And Jack's like, you know, she's down for the count. Like, about yeah. Andy and Pacey's like, well, you know, what do we do now? And <laughs> Jack's like, I have to call my dad. Right. Pacey and does not Pacey's love that like, idea. ooh, that's kind of a bad idea. Yeah. And Jack kind of lays out like, look, I need my dad to pay for this. I, you know, like I, we cannot do this on our own. Right. He's like, you know, she, my dad can afford the help she needs. And Pacey kind of tries to argue like maybe she needs time. Time could heal her. And Jack's like, I've seen it. Time makes this worse. Like she needs fucking help. Yeah. And he's, Jack's like, that's what happened to my mom. Mm-hmm. Like time made it worse. Made like it worse. Yeah. She, the doctor said she had repressed her grief over Tim mm-hmm. and she needed someone to experience with. So she and, like made up a person. She basically like started yeah. hallucinating Tim to, to do that. Yeah. And Jack- yeah, are we supposed to assume that it was similar that Miss McPhee was talking to Brown or Tim as well? Yeah, I think so. And so Jack says, like, when he heard that, he felt so small and helpless, and he just, like, wanted to do something so badly, but he couldn't. And I just, like, I gotta say, like, so, so, um, with my mom's suicide attempt, she also had a a full psychotic break. Um, Yeah. And, um, 
I gotta say, like, I hear that, like, you do feel so helpless because, like, there's nothing you can do, yeah, except just be there, yeah. Um, and well, and also for yourself, you have to be there for yourself too. You have to be there for yourself, and also just be there and and like be there for your the person that you love, and kind of let them go through it. And that's like so hard. I think we're so programmed to like want to fix things, and want to make things better for people. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's so hard when you're like, that is not the thing I can do. Yeah. I'm not actually able to do that. So I really like, I felt like I really got Jack's sort of adultness and the way Mm -hmm. that Jack like walks through this world in a way that I hadn't before in that moment. Well, yeah, because Andy's always saying she takes care of their mom, but Jack does too. And Jack not only takes care of their mom, Jack takes care of Andy. Right. You know, so Jack is kind of like, you might be the one that's offering the most care towards the mom, but -hmm. like I'm steering the ship, Mm -hmm. taking care of you as well. And so like, those are all such important roles, you know, not, there's not one that's more important than the other. Right. Um, And it just highlights how there's like a multitude of care. Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to their restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So Pacey does in that moment realize yeah. what he's doing and yeah. that they should call Mr. McPhee. Totally. And we go back to their restaurant and Gail, like, kind of, we're outside of it. And Gail and Jen are walking home. Yeah. And Gail kind of thanks Jen for her sign. She's like, the shenanigans were parent trip at trap S. <laughs> no. But, you know, whatever. And Jen's like, well, we had short notice. <laughs> yeah. It's really cute. It's cute. And Jenna then asked Gail if she's going to stay in Capeside. And, and Gail's like, you know, I never thought I would. But but when we were dancing, I realized, like, I could move 10,000 miles away and I would never let go of Mitch. Yeah. And she's like, he felt it, too, I'm sure of anything. And then. Yeah. And, then, and the thing is, I, I think she's right. I, I think she's right, too. You know, and about all these things, like. She will always love Mitch and he, they will always have a connection. They will always have this really like special love, you know? Absolutely. I mean, they also have a child together, so it's not like they're never, they're going to be connected all at all times. No, it's such a parallel to Dawson and Joey. Right. But like, then we cut over and they see Mitch and Nicole on the dock. Yeah. And and they're being like romantic. And kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gail like literally runs, runs away. away. <laughs> She's like in heels and a slip dress, and yeah. she just like turns around and take bolts running. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. And I then giggled. and then Jen runs after her. Yeah. So also, there's a song cue here. Um, mm. This is another one that's like on the soundtrack, but it doesn't end up in the streaming video or the DVD. Uh, it's yeah, called yeah. "Ready for a Fall" by P. A. J. Olson. Uh huh. And it's supposed to play basically on and off through the rest of the episode. So I'm going to mention a few other times when it's playing. Uh Um, But also, I got to tell you, Aaron, the shot of Nicole and Mitch kissing on the dock is inexplicably the last shot of Nicole in this whole show. (laughs) Um, Goodbye to Nicole. Not really sure why you were here, but um, Magenomic, we love you. And yeah. uh, I was thinking maybe it's time for a Twin Peaks rewatch uh, <laughs> at this point. So there you go. That's the last shot of Nicole. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. That's doesn't wild. make much sense to me, but whatever. Um, I didn't write it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> after the commercial, then we come back and Dawson like, and Joey are on a rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, like, um, sitting like she's sitting leaning on him and he has his arms around her right it's like really they're like kind of awkwardly like he's like cuddling her and like kissing her cheek or something yeah and then and then dawson like goes to take joey's sweater off her yeah. shoulder like kind of provocatively and like kiss well, her yeah joey says well so first when they're kissing like he's kind of kissing down her face and neck and joey's like if i don't eat another french meal again it'll be too soon and i was like <laughs> shall we keep a tally of how many different kinds of foods joey swears off of by the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> not the last time she's going to swear off an entire genre of food <laughs> um so yeah dawson says i thought it was a successful evening and then says at least so far as he's taking joey's sweater off of her yeah and she kind of like you see on her face get a little like uncomfortable yeah and she's like i just want to ask you a question uh-huh. Did you think that this romantic evening was part of a larger plan to close the deal? Yeah. And Dawson says he prefers the term consummating our ultimate desires. Well, he kind of shames her. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, at first he's like, what do you, you know, like, oh, are you getting like flip, you know, whatever with me? And then, yeah, she's like, he's like, I prefer the term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> consummating our ultimate desires. It's and. Weird. Dawson's kind of like, I didn't realize that this notion was so preposterous. And Joey's like, well, it's not. Like, I thought about it, too. Yeah. And then he, like, really kind of creepily whispers, the night is still young. (laughs) And then she whispers back, so are we. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I kind of liked that. I I know. Yeah. Yeah. And... Dawson and Dawson like respects it. I mean, like, I got to give him credit. He like yeah. respects it and is like, you know, well, but like you thought about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Joey's like, yeah, I mean, I thought about it. And Dawson. No, they're actually like having a legit conversation about yeah. their sexual desires for the first time, which like is good. This yeah, is, like, totally. I think it's different. Like I said, I th- I do kind of think that this is different than the last time they were dating. Mm-hmm. Like it does feel a little bit different because um, right. Dawson's like, well, did you consider it or did you just think about it? You yeah. Know? And Joey's like, what the fuck does it matter? And yeah, and Dawson's like, I'm a teenage like, I'm, guy. It, it matters. matters. <laughs> And she tells him she considered it, thought about it. Yeah. And then... um, He's like, considers good. Yeah. (laughs) They make out some more. And then she like kind of was like, okay, let's go turbo. And I want to tell you, Aaron, from Hmm. a different room in the house while I was watching this episode, Uh Genevieve said, did she just call him turbo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Um, yeah, you heard that right. You heard that right. (laughs) Who the fuck knows why? Uh, oh god so um he starts rowing he starts rowing him home or somewhere yeah and then he asks again what like when you said you considered it did you like (laughs) consider it consider it (laughs) and she's just just like thought about it considered it (laughs) she's like shut up and row and he tells her i love it when you're forceful yeah i don't know like it's interesting like i mean i love that they're having this conversation uh for sure about their boundaries like i always think those conversations are good sure but like in the last episode the 
the be- at the top of the episode, they like kind of made it seem like they were gonna fuck. Hmm. Hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of am always keeping an eye out on Joey's. Um, I don't want to say like Joey's sexuality because I feel like that makes me sound like a fucking freak, mm-hmm. but like the how Joey kind of handles sex and the like the real like possibility of having sex mm-hmm. i think like i think how the show itself treats joey's sexuality is such an interesting sort of journey that we're gonna go on yeah i think she has such an absolute fear of being like a young mom like her sister yeah that that like you. it's really the like the desire for sex is always there but yeah. then the the actual like committing to that act and and uh, fulfilling that desire, it feels like it would compromise too much for her. Like it feels like it's like a it's terrible. It's almost yeah, and it, it it just like more highlights how like her, how class plays such a role in all of her experiences. You know, like Definitely. she doesn't like she's doesn't feel like she can lean into her sexual desires because the risk is so high for her. Right. If she accidentally got pregnant, she would be fulfilling this like prophecy about her that this whole town mm -hmm. has like known forever. Yeah. And like potentially disrupt like whatever her personal goals are, you know? Sure. And like, I, I gotta tell you in 1999, I found this whole thing sweet and sexy and charming and now it's kind of feels awkward and teenagey, um, mm-hmm. but like not in a bad way. Uh, it's you know. just hard because like they don't have chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but it's a beautiful shot of them. I gotta say, like they're yeah. on the water and there's these like lights shining off the water. It's just a gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's they know how to use Wilmington as a backdrop yeah on this show because you i feel like dawson and jen have chemistry between them and so you know you believe it a little bit more yeah i Uh, agree with you i agree with you i think yeah let's dig into that can let's continue to dig into that because i i agree um so then we go back to andy's room yeah and like andy's kind of awake and but she's in bed and Pacey sit, is sitting next to her bed and he she asks him like what's gonna happen yeah and he's like you'll go to the doctors you'll get some med and then you'll be fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's like well what's gonna happen if that doesn't work and he's like that's just not an option he said he calls her pal he says sorry pal that's not in the cards <laughs> and she's like I'm scared yeah and he's like Ugh. I am too. Right. And she says she doesn't want to lose him. And and Pacey just like is like, you're not gonna lose me. Not now, not ever. Like Yeah. Um and Andy says she loves him so much and he says sh- he loves her too and he hugs her and that that PJ Olsen song swells. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we sort of end the episode with Pacey hugging and comforting Andy. And he looks so scared. I mean, they both look fucking terrified. Yeah. You know? And like, that's the thing is like, this is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like I've mentioned a few times, I went through this at like 33, I think. Yeah. And something similar to this. And like, that was fucking terrifying then. Yeah. I cannot imagine being 16 um, and having something like this happen. Well, and also you went through it in like... 
2000, you know, 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like mental health 2017. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when mental health was, you know, versus like 2000 mm -hmm. or sorry, 1999, you know? Yeah. And so I just like, I have. Uh, you know, so I've, I've talked a little bit about or sort of mentioned that like you and I, when we were discussing doing this podcast, I said, I thought Andy's storyline with mental health was so ahead of its time. Um, yeah. And I still think that I think it is very ahead of its time to have a, a teenager go through this kind of mental yeah. health thing. And do I think that sometimes th the situations they put her in are over the top? Um, yes, I absolutely do. Uh, but the fact that they like allowed a teenager to have a mental illness and be dealing with mental illness in high school, I think is so amazing. Like, yeah, I, I just think like, what? Well, and also like as a show that like is mostly for young women mm -hmm. it's cool to see how Pacey stands by her right. you know and like you know just to kind of like highlight like you're still lovable if you have mental illness yeah. you know so if someone relates to that storyline or could see themselves in that storyline to not have it be something that is like shunned and scary or whatever you know yeah. and just to, you still could have this really dynamic relationship you know with whatever mental illness or you know you have yeah um, yeah well yeah and I think just like uh, I think that it's something that people deal with in high school you know and deal with in college and deal with as young people and like the fact that they were they allowed a sort of protagonist and a hero of the show someone we're rooting for mm -hmm. to go through this you know and to not be villainized during it um I think that's pretty fucking strong and pretty fucking amazing yeah. Um, and, you know, like I've said, and we're going to continue to talk about this with Andy throughout, um, you know, the next few seasons, but like, uh, I don't agree with everything they did with this character and with everything that they did mm -hmm. uh, with her mental illness storyline. But like, so far, I mean, this is just like a really well done, um, story. Yeah, that, like, you know, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. That's really clunky. I will say for me personally, yeah. watching this in 1999, it felt scary because they don't really like identify what sure. is going on, you know, so sure. it felt it kind of felt scary. Yeah, because there were so many unknowns about it. Yeah. Um, But I think that that's like one of the things that happens when you have like such some kind of groundbreaking storylines, you right, know, right, right. like how are you going to tell these things? And like, you know, like yeah. you don't have the like actual feedback. You're just kind of like, we got to just pop right in and try yeah. it, you know, yeah, like, even yeah, the yeah. coming out storyline in season two, yeah. like there are some flaws to it because, you know, you have to just like try it and see, you know, and like, and it's just one of the of, first, you don't, you don't have exactly. the sort of pitfalls that other shows mm -hmm. have fallen into. You kind of have to be the one that falls into some of them. Right. And you can't look at other storytelling and be like, Oh, like there's a flaw in that. It would be yeah. better to add this or to remove that, you know? And so that can totally. be hard, you know? Um, totally. Because, yeah, they they mostly talk about anxiety and depression with Andy, but then to, like... Have, this is a psychotic break. Yeah. No, if she's totally. seeing someone else, you know. She's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a full kind of psychotic break. Yeah. And that, I think, can be um, definitely a part of anxiety and depression. Um, 
you know, and for full transparency, I mean, part of what happened with my mom is she was just put on the wrong medication. Yeah, I know. Um, that's a very common thing that happens. Right. And so Andy not they be, don't, being yeah, on any medication. They don't yeah. explain it even in that little, you know, they try to with the therapist yeah. at the, the top of the episode, but they don't really like get into it, you right, know, right? of like what seeing Abby Morgan could be as a component of her, of her anxiety, right. you know, and for, yeah, I just know for me watching this the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, because I, you know, struggled yeah. with that in myself. So you're like, oh, could that happen to me? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I know I always liked Andy because I have a lot of similarities to her in my personality at that time, you yeah, know? Definitely. So, definitely. so who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Andy. Of course. Of course. I want her to heal. I want her to, you know, um, I mean, you know, mental illness is manageable. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want her to be able to get on the right medication that's going to help her and be able to manage it. Um, I am rooting for... I'm rooting for Jack because it's going to be really hard for him to call his dad. Yeah, 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 same. Like he's going to have to sacrifice a lot. To help his, his to his take sister. care of his sister, yeah. you know, and he yeah. will openly do it, but it at a great expense to him. Definitely. And I'm and I'm rooting for Pacey. I mean, Pacey, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, that's hard. And, and, you know, I think it's not hard to love someone with mental illness. That's not a hard thing at all. Um but, you know, I think when you're a teenager, it's hard to know how to, to act and how to behave and yeah. to make sure that you're doing the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the part that's sort of scary and hard um, yeah. to make sure that you are sort of giving the support that's needed. Um, and so I, I feel for him deeply. I mean, the rest of them, uh, oh, man, what a mess. Um <laughs> For sure. I mean, I'm always rooting for Jen to like, you know, Jen's had it rough, but like this episode was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I was glad that Joey and Jen seemed to be friendly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like, if we're being friendly so that you can like weirdly set up Gail and Mitch in this thing. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Well, Jen, or sorry, Joey can, she's friendly to Jen when Joey is with Dawson. Right. Yeah. All right. So for our listener corner, um, it's two questions from Haley. Uh-huh. First one. Yeah. I was just wondering why you are so mean to Dawson. <laughs> I don't think he's as bad as you make him out to be. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is like a really common feedback we get. And again, yeah. we love all your feedback. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, we're here for keep it, it coming, for you know, it. and like, I think about this a lot because yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I always feel like it's directed at me. <laughs> I don't think it is, but I I feel it's not like all it directed is. at you. Yeah, but. you know. And I'm like, am I too mean to him? Am I because people have said that, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just gonna say it. Like to be real, I've always been fighting the patriarchy. It's not like 2016 United of Fire and me. It's not like you know, yeah. like any of those. Like this has been a lifelong goal for me. I have a Uh twin brother. So I saw like, you know, firsthand how, um, we are raised differently by Mm -hmm. our gender. Mm -hmm. And so I've always, um, been mean to men. (laughs) (laughs) And I, in this, you know, time and that we're living through, have told my friends like that are white, look, we have the power to call out white men and we should be doing that. 
And yeah. so I've always done that. Mm-hmm. I do it more now um, mm-hmm. because we have to, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, we have three main male characters on this show and Dawson is the worst one. Yeah. And I feel like I do call out Pacey and Jack when they're being bad Shitty. too. Mm-hmm. But Dawson's the worst one, you know, and I just like my personal opinion and like I, I could be corrected on this, you know, mm-hmm. is that like we should be calling out shitty people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I want to say like I come it's so interesting because you were raised by two conservative Orange County Republicans mm-hmm. and I was raised by a second wave feminist mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and a drug dealer and a, dr- and a drug dealer. <laughs> like, like a pot smoking hippie. Slash and not, oyster not man. A drug dealer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean something differently to people that aren't from California. Yes, that's true. So, you know, I was raised I was raised by two hippies that are very Mm. liberal. And um, and I only say that to say that, you know, when I first watched this show, I don't think that I realized how toxic Dawson was. And I think that, and I, I'm going to have a lot to say about my relationship to Grams in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have done a lot of thinking about my relationship to Grams um, mm. uh, recently uh, with, with the, um, in the context of what's happening, you know, with Black Lives Matter and, and sort of in the world uh, uh, right now. I think for me, Dawson felt very realistic um, when I was watching this show in high school. Dawson felt like a guy that I knew a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not excusing him. Um, in fact, that's saying that, like, I think Dawson is a I think actually Dawson is a great representation of a lot of the men we all grew up. Yeah, with. I, I completely agree with you. Right. Yeah. And so and so for me, you know, um, as I've sort of it's interesting because Aaron grew up with parents that didn't that that sort of had exact almost opposite views of of some of the things that we're talking about right now mm-hmm. um and I grew up with people who worked on political campaigns and fought you know fought on the streets of Berkeley in the 1970s and you know like and and that kind of thing and for me I didn't really realize how toxic Dawson was until I was older, until I was in college and then afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what's really interesting about a guy like Dawson is that when you sell a guy like Dawson as the hero of this show, um, I think it's so easy to not see how toxic a lot of his behavior is. Mm-hmm. And to say like, oh, this looks like the guys I knew. Right. Um, and instead of saying this looks like the guys I knew and that behavior was really toxic and it really mm-hmm. fucked up. It was really fucked up and it really, you know, did damage to me as a person mm-hmm. that had to deal with these men on a regular basis. Um, I think that like that is kind of why for me I can be so mean to Dawson. Um, I think that calling out Dawson on his shittiness and and I will always call out Jack and Pacey and other, any other man on this show on, and I mean Mitch I have a real yeah. I have some real beefs with um I will always call them out but I think the thing that I see in Dawson now as an adult living in 2020 
is that I see these men on a daily basis that were not called out on this shit ever. Mm-hmm. And I have to deal with them now. And I yeah. have to deal with I have to deal with them in my job. I have to deal with them in my personal life. I have to deal with them now. And the fact that like they've never been called out on anything. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think it's really important to call people out. I think what's so interesting to me is that this show looked at him as such a hero and like really he he I I always will try to give him credit or give him space where I think he deserves it as and I I'm always a, a, you know you might notice this like I'm always like this is a teenager and I like try mm-hmm. to come back to like as a teenager you know he he deserves space. Teenagers deserve space. Teenagers, you know, f- do fucking stupid shit. I definitely did. Um, but like, like, I mean, take episode 16 where he literally sexually assaults Joey in front of a mm-hmm. room full of people and no one does anything and mm-hmm. Joey immediately forgives it. I mean, to me, that is such a like. No, she had to defend her personal body and her personal space and push him off. Right. And then she goes to see him when he's like laying in bed and she's like, whatever, no problem. It's not a big deal. And I think, I mean, to be quite and honest with you. And then admits she loves him too. Right. And so to, fucking haunting. And to be quite honest with you, I see a lot of myself in that. And there's a certain part of me that uh-huh. every time I'm yelling at Dawson doing something, what I really am yelling is at Joey for allowing it because I know that I have allowed that. I know that Mm -hmm. I have allowed men to treat me like that at times in my life. And I am angry at myself for allowing that at some point. Mm -hmm. I don't, I try not to allow it anymore, but, um, but you know, uh, I have most definitely. I mean, we can't help that we were raised in a white supremacy patriarchy, you know? Right. And so I think like, I I hear, I hear the, I I do hear it. And I hear like, particularly if you grew up with this show, I hear that it's hard to look at Dawson um, in a negative light because this show, I think, did a really good job of like painting him as the hero. But I think part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is to look at like, hey, let's reassess who the hero really is. Mm -hmm. Let's reassess when we're looking at media, when we're looking at fiction. um, While the authors of this show might think Dawson is the hero, who's the real hero? Is Dawson really the hero? I think that's such an interesting question. No, absolutely. I mean, that's what, you know, you and I talk about offline or off air about (laughs) is that the show is supposed to be the star is the white man that has you know a lot of privilege yeah but really the star is the girl with no parents you know that yeah against all odds is trying to you know climb up the socioeconomic ladder yeah or the girl who was sexually assaulted when she was very young she had really shitty parents she's trying to find herself and make a you know, chosen family yeah. and and survive through that. Yeah. Or the, you know, queer kid that has parents that don't, a dad who shuns him and yeah. who he is, you know, or the girl struggling with her mental illness that is a very severe mental illness, yeah. you yeah. know. Or the guy or whose dad thinks he's a fucking loser and whose whole mm-hmm. town thinks he's a fucking loser. And was assaulted by his teacher. Right. I mean, those are, to me, like, that's... Uh, I get it. I 
I do think we're hard on Dawson, but I think there's a reason we're hard on Dawson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I mean, I I think please tell us, like, I, I always want to hear your thoughts on, like, why maybe Dawson deserves some slack. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to hear that from people because, like, for me, I have... I think in 1998, 1999, 2000, you know, like in kind of that area, I was still kind of like, no, he deserves to be cut slack and like, you know, oh, he's his intentions. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, I've sort of realized like, man, like this is not this is toxic. And this is like this is what happens. Um, This is how you end up with people, um, you know, in your life like I mean, I'll say it like Donald Trump, right? When people mm-hmm. suffer no consequences ever, you end up with Donald Trump. Um, or Mitch McConnell. Or Mitch McConnell. You know, people who people who have never suffered a consequence for their actions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I mean, so I think that's why we're so hard on him. Um, you know, we know that people think we're too hard on him. Um, <laughs> we've heard it uh and i and like that's not to say don't keep telling us that and don't keep like pushing back on us we're always um yeah happy to well, have it's that just conversation funny to me because i actually feel like I, when i get these emails i'm yeah. like oh, i felt like i was giving him space i was like really not being that hard on him and it still sounds mean yeah. i mean so i know funny. i've said it before but like this this rewatch is the nicest i've ever heard aaron hensley be towards no. dawson so It's really funny to me, you know, but again, we're like California liberal hippies. Like I I own that. I acknowledge that, you know, and I, and I, in my personal journey to end the patriarchy, like do hold men like maybe more accountable or definitely hold men more accountable than other people might think is appropriate, you know? Sure. So Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I mean, like, really, um, truly, thank you. We're happy to we're yeah, happy to have this totally. conversation and answer these questions. Yeah. Yeah. So the second question: um, What show should I watch that is like Dawson's Creek? Because I watched Dawson's Creek and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I love them both. So I was wondering if you had any more suggestions. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Buffy fan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I haven't made that clear already. Um, so. This it's like it's actually kind of easier for me to tell you what to watch if you're a Buffy fan than a Dawson's okay. Creek fan. Uh-huh. So my two for for Buffy lovers um, are Winona Earp, which is on. Uh, it just is fil- halfway through filming its fourth season, but you know mm-hmm. they're on COVID um, right hiatus. Uh, Winona Earp and Orphan Black. Um, oh, so yeah. they're both Canadian television shows. Um, just incredibly well done shows yeah they're kind of both strong a little bit female s- leads strong female leads sci-fi fantasy element orphan black is like worth watching for tatiana maslany's acting master class yeah, alone yeah totally she, she, she plays, plays like all these characters and then the characters playing the other characters yeah. it's really good it's a show it's a about clones like, and she plays all the clones and yeah, um it's a lot like um nina dobrev on vampire yes, diaries yes 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 um and so she's great Great. And also the main romantic plot of that show is between two women who are both like very brilliant scientists. Mm. Um, and it's just like a fantastic musing on on how we form identity. Um, mm-hmm. And then Winona Earp kind of has the same tongue in cheek humor as Buffy, um, like a mouthy damaged leading lady 
and like a scrappy team that like fights with her Mm -hmm. um, against literal demons. I mean, that's what she's fighting in the show is literal demons. Mm -hmm. And it kind of has its same cheesy moments as Buffy and, um, again, the main plot line, the main romantic plot line is between two women um, whose ship name is Way Hot. Um, and I feel like <laughs> I that's all that. I need to tell you about that show. <laughs> the main ship is Way Hot. <laughs> that's so funny. So um, I'll add one to that then yeah. because I really like The 100. It's yes. on CW. It yes. airs right now. The se- final season, seventh and final season is airing currently. Yeah. Um, it's I. It's my favorite show on TV uh-huh. right now. It has a super strong female lead. It has a number of amazing female characters. It has one of the first ever bisexual lead characters uh-huh. in TV history, I think. Yeah. Or at least on network TV. I think it's the first on network TV. Yeah. Um, and it's a good like sci-fi show, but I, I like sci-fi. Um, yeah. And uh, but it's more about like just like you know, these, it's just really compelling of like, what would you do to survive and stuff? It has a really compelling take on a number of things. Um, yeah. I really like that show and the storytelling of that show. Yeah. It's a great um, show. Yeah. I was going to say the Dawson's Creek is harder for me to give you a, like a, um, well, Friday Night Lights. Too. Yeah. So, Friday night, uh-huh. so my thing is like, it's Dawson's Creek is a quote regular kids show. Like it's uh-huh. about quote regular kids, but it also has some soap to it. Right. Yeah. So like 90210 is all soap. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's not about regular kids. It's about rich kids in Beverly Hills. Yeah. 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 Um, my so called life, Freaks and Geeks and Friday Night Lights yeah. are like, they're hyper realist kind mm-hmm. of shows i mean those are very realistic um yeah, but they're all white i mean i, I like caveat on all yeah, of yeah, these yeah. shows i just want to well, say realistic we mean like realistic given the white supremacy we live in yeah. yes yes absolutely um thank you for that note and like you know i mean my so-called life has ricky is a queer character and he's a latino character um but he's not the lead but he's not the lead yeah but you know it's they are fairly white. Also, oh, Michael B. Jordan's character in Friday Night Lights is Ugh, so good. It's smashed. There's, smash. there's a lot of good characters in Friday Night Lights for sure. Yeah. Um, so Friday Night Lights, I feel like the real successor to Dawson's Creek, if Dawson's Creek is the successor to 90210, mm-hmm. the real successor to Dawson's Creek is the OC. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's about rich kids and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more flashy, um, but... It's it's got the little bit of soap and little bit of realism. Mm-hmm. Um maybe One Tree Hill, but I didn't really watch that that much. Uh yeah. So I can't totally endorse it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would just want to say my favorite show of all time is my so-called life. Yeah. So I'm always gonna endorse that one as like the yeah. real the real like pain and anguish of being a teenager, I think, is done so well in my so-called life. Um and and I'm going to say, watching it as an adult, you really start to feel for Patty and Graham. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I hope yeah. that helps. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other like WB shows like Roswell at the time, yeah. that, that's like a pretty good one. Yeah. There's only three seasons, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like hard. I was like, oh, what about the Fosters? I was like, uh, I'm only thinking of shows with white characters, but I don't know. 
Well, they have some Latinx characters in the Fosters. But yeah, I hear sure, you. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so I do. Then I'm as I was thinking, I, I want to shout out my other favorite show that just ended their fourth season, Insecure. Uh, it's nothing like Dawson's Creek or Buffy, but it's such a good show and y'all should watch it. And it's such a love affair to L.A. So, yes, I'm going to shout it out. Yeah. Oh, man. Isa. It oof, is oof, so good. Oof, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, and it's an all black cast. It's it all is. black creators, all you know all the whole team it's really good and i gotta tell you in this quarantine i've been watching so much living single if you want um (laughs) if you you want great uh great comedy uh and all black cast um man that show from the 90s living single it fucking first of all it fucking holds up second Mm -hmm. of all maxine shaw I remember being a kid watching Living Single and relating so deeply to Maxine Shaw and her like feminist fucking wild ways. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, hi, it's on Hulu if you need to watch Living Single. Cool. Um, that's a that's a sitcom. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't include it in my thing. Right, but right, like, right, right. Totally. But yes. actually, like a show about friends that like where they hold each other accountable and there's some drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want that, that's Living Single. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. All well, right. thank you for your question, Haley, yeah. your questions. And um, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you can send us your questions. We're loving your emails that y'all are sending at dawsonscritique at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh, please like us, subscribe, leave a review anywhere you get your podcasts. It helps us out uh, when you do. Thank you for those of you who have done that already. Really appreciate it. Um, we would like to always thank Andrew Bush, who we don't get to see right now, but soon, soon enough we will. Um, and we mm-hmm. cannot wait. Um, I can be found online at Pesty1079 on Instagram and Twitter. Rarebird books can be found at rarebirdlit.com or at rarebirdlit on all of the social medias. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.